All right. So for those of you that are watching this live, welcome. For those of you watching this back on the replay, hello. I have never done this on my personal Facebook before. Um, if I have done these sort of things, it's been on uh, the Boostly Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash Boostly UK if you want to check out what it is. But uh, this right here is going to be a podcast interview. Uh, yes, I've got a podcast boostly.co.uk forward slash podcast if you want to find out more about that this is season six and this season is all about service accommodation property and how service accommodation and hospitality they merge so well um now this is live on the facebook but this is a live recording um what i'm going to do at the end of this i'm going to rip the audio turn it into an actual podcast that you can hear on itunes spotify you name it the video will get edited and it will get put on the the youtube and and everything else but i thought it'd be a good idea to film this live on the facebook so you can just see what goes into an actual podcast recording i'm chatting to uh, david Derek today we're, we're chatting all about service accommodation um chatting about how to go from starting up in service accommodation what is sa and then we're going to talk about how you grow it so next time you hear me talk it is going to be me beginning the podcast episode if you comment if you like, if you share, if you say hi and I don't respond, it's not me being rude. It's simply being that I am recording and I cannot see any of your comments on the Facebook. Um, me and David will, will jump in afterwards. And if anybody's got any questions, be my guest to, uh, to ask away. All right. So let's get this started. Uh, so this is season six, episode six of the Boost Hospitality podcast. Uh, we're chatting about service accommodation, just in case you're tuning in later, you're watching this back on the replay. All right, welcome everybody to season six, episode six of the Boost Hospitality podcast. My name is Mark Simpson, and today we're going to be chatting all about service accommodation. Uh, by now, if you haven't listened to the first five episodes, you have got in the back catalog, everything that you need to know about SA. So how to start SA with Trish McGear, what actually SA is with Jason Living, episode one. Episode three is uh, with David and Amanda Healy on about outsourcing. Episode four is with Naeem, and we talk about channel managers. And episode five was recorded with Elaine Watts, all about networking. So today, we're gonna go the next step. So you started up an SA business, how do you grow it? And the gen that I've uh, asked to help me with this is something that I've been following on social media for the past sort of six to eight weeks, uh, recommended to me uh, by somebody to, to follow him because he's doing some really good things with him and his business partner. He's called David Dyack and he's got a really interesting story, how he got into property, um, what he has done and now where he's at. And I thought it would be fantastic to get onto this chat have a conversation with and we can hopefully learn you watching or listening at home a couple of things as well so David welcome if you could just spend a couple of minutes just introducing yourself who you are and um, yeah and then we'll, we'll get started with today's episode Mark thanks for having me mate really appreciate it uh, and thanks for getting my name right as well no one ever gets it right first time they always say it wrong um, but yeah, as you said, my name is David Dyack. Uh, I'm based in South on Sea in Essex. I've been involved in service accommodation now for well, since September 2016. Um, and we've gone from you know a standing start, no experience, to 65 units, a strong pipeline, and we're 
building the business daily. Got a strong team in place, um, and our, our values as a business is all about um, you know building that business that's built to scale from day one. So we've implemented systems, we've got team, we've got um, operations, got manuals, got everything in place so that we can build this business and it's enabled to grow and um, you know continue growing at the pace it's at um, effectively. Nice. Um, so you've got 65 units, which is phenomenal. Um, what was your background before you actually got into the world of SA and property? Interesting. Yeah. So look, I've always been one of them people that wanted to get into business. Um, probably when I was 18, 19, I was just trying to think up the next kind of invention, like what can I do next or what business can I start? And I was working at a family computer shop, um, selling, you know, fixing computers selling like loads of ink and toner consumables and i was just like you know what there's a market here for ink ink cartridges and toner cartridges that people are buying them all around the country so i could buy them at like 35p to a pound i could sell them for a fiver so i quit my job um took out a three-year lease on an office hired my first member of staff realized i didn't know anything about selling anything about <laughs> anything about business just jumped in at the deep end and then it all started there really um Within a year or two, I had you know five members of staff. We were doing pretty well in terms of turnover and sales. Um, and then, yeah, like, I mean, the, the big learn happened. You know, the big learn was like growing a business too quick without any systems or team in place. Uh, and it come crashing down pretty quick and left me in a bit of a sour situation. And I was like, look, do I want to be sitting behind a desk managing people or do I want to be using my strengths and um, doing what I enjoy and going out there networking, meeting people, doing deals and um, building relationships. And from that point I got involved in property um, and I started to attend like a few courses. I think like we've all probably done some training here and there. Um, and during that process, I, I learned how to, I spotted a gap in the market, should we call it, um, where people were looking to do these big deals, investing time and energy in doing deals but didn't know how to raise the funds for the deals. So I, I spent, I got, I got, I worked with a mentor who I met along the way. He taught me like a hell of a lot about how to um, raise finance, but build relationships. And I could, we spent a couple of years connecting the two together. So finding investors and finding developers and linking them together. Now, the cool thing with that is that um, like you can learn amazing skills there and you can add serious value to people's lives and businesses and change it. But what the struggle is is cash flow because it's like, you know, big developments take time to happen. So um, a guy who I met at a property event, funny enough, um, that I was attending, said that, Dave, look, you live in South End. It's like, what about this service accommodation thing? Should we have a little look at it? Um, and that was it. Like, literally, we had a look at it. I say that was it. It wasn't it. We started talking about it, pondering the idea for a while, done a bit of due diligence and research and said, well, you know, it's got a great leisure market. Um, so let's have a look at it. That was, that was the attitude. You know, it's got a great leisure market. Let's let's see what we can do with it. And then, yeah, that was it. September two thousand and sixteen. Um, and here we are now. Here we are now. I like that. So um, from the training, from that course, from you meeting the the fella, and is that your business partner now? Yes. 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 And he's called Matthew Matt, Ward. Matt Ward. Matt, Matt Ward. And from meeting him there to then you getting your first set of keys. What was the, like, how long did it take? What was the process? What was the, what was the obstacles that came up in that time? And it's like, what can you, what can you recommend to people that are watching who are pretty much where you were, you know, September, 2016? Yeah, look, so I tell everyone the first deal was your hardest deal. Um, and I mean it, um, you know, you, you, you don't know what to say to agents. You don't know how to position yourself. You don't know, you don't really, know, you don't really feel very confident in what you're doing because you don't know what you're doing or, how it really works you're just trying to sort of share your vision i guess 
So we spent a lot of time sort of door knocking, learning that process. And I always say to my clients, like, look, whatever you do, whoever you speak to, document it, learn from it. And um, next time you go back, handle that objection and turn it into a positive and how it benefits them. So there was, that was going on for like a two or three months. And the first significant like, mistake, should we call it, or learn was that um, we found a private landlord. He had 30 properties. It was like, look, you know, I don't, he didn't really care about his properties. And we were like, look, you know, we can turn this two bedroom flat. I mean, we walked in there, the, a foot nearly went through the floorboards. Um, like, you know, in places where you're just like, we can, we, we're dying for a deal. Do you know what I mean? So we were like, we can make this work. So we, my business partner, Matt Ward, um, is a surveyor. We went away, schedule of works, come back, you know, nine grand was the schedule of works. And he sat, we, we sat down with him and he just literally looked at us and he went, I'm not going to swear, but he, he swore and he was just like, what the F are you going to spend that kind of money on this place for? What, what's wrong with you? And like, he'd done us a massive, massive favour because at the time we were like, you know, we're up for it, you know, we were up for it. And yeah. he, he said no. Um, and what that meant was that we, we left that relationship there, went and met an agent and got our first deal. And I, I mean, I want to transition into the, how that deal come about because even down to like, getting a deal the agent didn't you know they wasn't really sure still what we were doing but they gave us like this upmarket uh one bed which i'll talk about later on as to why we changed our strategy but you know it was probably a little bit too expensive um but we got there we made it happen and then we used that expensive um high-end one bed apartment to become our show home and that that enabled us to build our business so instead of going for the first thing that came along, which I assume that so many people when they get into this world will do. You sort of took a step back, you know, thankfully, and instead of going for tons at once, you just went for the one big one and built it up from there. Um, really, really cool. So you um, do a really good job of documenting, and you mentioned this, document your business journey. Um, now, how long have you been doing this? Did you coincide it with starting up your SA business or is this something that has just recently come along since uh, you know, you've got to the level now where, you, where you're talking about this more? Uh, and when I say document, I mean documenting online, documenting on Facebook, documenting on, on you know, Instagram, going lives. Um, you, you do it very, very well, you and your business partner, but when did this happen and, and, and what was like the sort of the idea behind it? Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, look, I'm I'm a very reserved person personally. Like, you probably would see a lot about what we do in business and how the business works, but very little about me. And you know, something that I struggled with for quite a long time, just to sort of say, you know, put myself out there, if you want to call it that, right? But you know, at the same time, like we we're building a business. We're like we always have two steps in front of the people that are starting, and there's people that are two steps ahead of us still. So we, we, as we're starting our, our coaching and training company, we said, you know what, let's just share the highs and the lows and everything that happens and like, just be real with it. Because the more, the more real that we find that we can be, like, it's just, just us, this is what happens in our week. Like one minute you've got um, you know, an amazing deal happening and it's all splendid. The next thing you know, you've got an issue with a guest that's caused a big problem and a kerfuffle, I mean, even today. So, I mean, these things happen and it's important to share it, but not just share the fact that, you know, this is what happens. It's like, this is what I've learned from it. And if, if we could just share the, the upside and say, well, this is what I've learned or what you can learn or how you could do it different, then people get value from that and it helps them move forward in their journey. So um, you mentioned there about the new coaching company. When was the, the coaching company for um, people started? So we started, uh, what we've done really well was we, 
we systemized immediately as we started the business and we spent a lot of time invested in sort of like structure and so it was, so it was smoother. Um, and then we brought in a team of virtual assistants based in the Philippines. And once we managed to master the art of bringing in the right people to manage the right systems, our business just blew up. Um, literally, like it meant the case of getting new apartments and new properties, bolting them onto our portfolio and then we could continue to scale. So we created a model called Systemize Outsource and then Scale. Um, and that started last year. Um, helping operators that have typically got more than three apartments um, plus yeah. because, you, because you, you know what it's like, Mark, there's, there's, no, there's no off switch, you know? So at home, Friday, Saturday night, you want to sit and relax and the guest is on the phone. You need to sort of think about if you're going to build a business, how you can manage that the best and most effective way. So, so that's how it got started. We, we realized that we were really good at implementing that and we helped a group of uh, 10 people do exactly the same thing. Um, replicated our whole business model and whole system um, and it sort of changed their businesses for the better as well and then we decided you know look we've, we've got a, we can help people start up help people systemize and help people scale up so there's three three parts to the coaching company now i like that so 2016 so two years in you've, you've absolutely got the systemization absolutely down to a T and then you've got people that are, you're now helping. So there's, there's, there's two years worth of like really big growth there. What was your biggest takeaway when you were growing? So again, anybody who's watching this now and um, they may have just had their first training weekend for service accommodation, they're giddy as they've, they've got all the, got all the ideas. They're going to go do it to, for them to think though, two years time, I could be potentially helping other people. There's, there's so much that could potentially happen and it may seem a bit overwhelming, but what was being your biggest takeaway in these last two years from you being there with, with Matt, uh, getting your first key from the estate agent to, to now where you've got, let's say 65 units, which is, which is intense. What's been your biggest takeaway and, and what sort of advice could you pass on to anybody else who's, who's at that stage? Yeah, cool. So I've got a couple of like, um, examples if I saw like to share them by. So, um, Example number one is it's all built on relationships. Like however you do it, like I, I, I am how we are now with everybody that I meet, whether it's with our cleaning team, whether it's with our maintenance team, agents, you know, whoever it might be, my clients. Like I'm the same with every person. Um, my goal is to reinforce our relationships and always be, you know, improving them, right? Because business is built off the back of that. Um, so that's been key for us in, the, in, in with investors as well, in, in the sense that. We've been able to grow at a good pace because we're, we're very approachable. We've got good relationships, we're transparent, which means that we can have the kind of conversations that enable us to, to move forward. And even the difficult conversations, you can still have them ones as well because they're the most important, important ones. Now, I would say that the, the main thing, like if you're coming off of a training and you're like, what do I do now? The easy thing is to go out there and say, well, I think I can achieve this nightly rate. Um, this is what I want to get. And this is what I think will work. And I'm going to go and get an apartment and, and do that and not spend enough time on the planning and analysis side. Now, that's where my business partner, Matt Ward, comes in because like, he's like, I'm the kind of person that's like, we call it like front end, that we're going to like, do all the deals and speak to people and stuff. And he's the, kind, he's, he's the one who's like the backbone behind the business, who like, keeps the structure there, ensures that we've planned it all correctly, ensures we've analyzed it in enough detail. And that's what I could say to every single person who's considering starting. Like, don't just go off of a whim. Go off of facts, like research the higher season, low season, the companies in your area, businesses that are being built, redevelopment that's going on. There's so many factors you've got to consider. And I would even, I would even say reach out to them and speak to them before you even go and get your first unit and start working out like what they want, when they want it, what their budgets are. It's a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but 
it can solve a huge problem. And, and what it will do with doing things like that is it gives you the confidence to be able to go out there and um, conversate with agents about what you're looking to do um, as a business. And at the same time, you can have the same conversations with investors because you've done your due diligence and um, got your research and, your, and results, right? Nice. nice. Cool. So, that was a good one. I like that. Do your due diligence, do the research, do the planning, and it just makes life a whole lot easier. So you, you're talking about um, systems and structure. Now, how early into the process, how many properties are we talking here where you're like, you know what, Matt, we need to do something about this. We've got all these properties, we've got all these guests, we've got all these things, we've got all these moving moving variables at the moment we've got all these things going on when when was the conversation what did it look like and, and what was the first steps that you did to then crack the outsourcing great question so like i think we was always looking at systemizing right but it's you know sometimes you know the saying that they don't you don't know what you don't know so like i'm not a full systems expert in the sense that I don't know every app in the world that exists. Once we've got it and we've integrated it, I'm, I'm, I'm a master at it, right? Because I know how it works. But, you know, finding that it can be difficult for people that aren't used to it. So we was always trying to find something. And over time of just like being out there, meeting people and connecting, we were taking all these little ideas and tips and tricks and collating them all together, but implementing them within the business. Um, and I'd say that was around like early on, like, well, we started systemizing, if you want to call a channel manager system, which is straight away. But when the system started to get heavy, it was probably around nine or 10 units. It started to ramp up and call volume picked up and things like that. Um, so I'd say from day one, we systemized with like a channel manager. That was always in place. But until it, until it went up a level was around nine or 10 units, which, which was probably too late. Um, mm -hmm. Which is why I advise people to get into it as early as possible, implement it, and then you can just bolt properties onto your portfolio. Yeah. And you say that you wish you had done it sooner. Mm. What, what would have been... So what has personally been your personal, um, and, and I, sent, I sent you this question beforehand, because it's always good to have like a little bit of prep, because it does catch a lot of people off guard when I ask this, but what has been your favorite failure? So you can, you can talk about the coaching with this, you could talk about the, uh, the startup of your, of your essay, but what has been the favorite failure that you've done and, and how did you learn from it? And what did you do to correct it to make sure that it never happened again? Brilliant. So... I'd say my favorite failure is not related to this business. It was related to the office products business. Um, purely because where we scaled so quick, um, I, learned, I learned the value and the importance of systems and a team early on. Like when, when we were literally building the business and I was sort of thinking, cool, like I'm getting to that point in my life where I've made it. And you know, you're only young, you know, you start being all confident. And I just remember I went on two holidays come back and I come back to literally no money in the bank um, and I had to go and get an overdraft that day to pay my staff and um, that was like a seriously seriously hard thing to do um, at that point my staff were like you know the south you are sales people to try and start chasing credit they don't want to do it they want to they want to get commissioned so it was really like a big eye-opener that like you know you, if you try and grow too quick um, without having that the systems and the team in place you, you can you will fall on your bum should we call it so i took all the learns from that and we've implemented that into this business which has enabled us to be able to help other people and there is a bigger vision and a bigger plan around what we're doing but that's enabled us to give us a structure and um, not make the same mistake again i like that don't grow too quickly you know um is, is a thing that you see so many people want to do they want to go from that first property to you know like 60 units straight away and they think about the end goal but there's a lot of thing that goes in between and like you say, you've, you've learned that massively. So you 
have now started up at a, both of you, at, like you say, a coaching company where you help other people um, go from one to three to five to 10 to scale the business and using the systems and the structure. Um, what has been the one biggest mistake that you've seen, not only the people that you help and you coach, but just from a general, because obviously, you know, you go to a lot of these events and you, you see a lot of people in the Facebook groups coming and asking these questions. What's the one biggest mistake that you see that people make when they're getting started in, in, in property? Um, and and what, what, what advice do you give to those people who are making that mistake so they can uh, not do it again? Yeah, I'm going to have to go back to the planning and due diligence side because it's, it's a serious issue. And, um, you know, I won't mention any names, but I, I saved a client 15K today, this morning, um, because he was going to buy some deals from someone that without having enough due diligence done on it. And I had to stop it before it happened because it would have, it would have, it could have brought, was going to buy them and they weren't going to work. They weren't going to stack. So not doing enough due diligence, like it's painful for a lot of people. Like if you're not a spreadsheet person or if you're not a research person, then find someone who is like reach out to like someone and get a virtual assistant or hire someone on a project basis. Well, that will cost you upfront money. Get them to help you do the research, like guide you through it and tell them what you're looking to achieve and get that, get that, um, get that research that you need is so important um, because without that, you've got no data and without data, how can you create a business plan essentially? I, I like that. I mean, um, I think it was Elaine who mentioned in episode five of this podcast, the reason what, the, what she has learned uh, massively in growing her own podcast uh, when it came to, cause we're talking about networking was that mm. she was buying people's time. And, you know, and, 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 that's, and that's a big thing, you know, you find people in the industry, interesting people that you want to talk to and you, you approach them and you sort of pick their brains and that's, and that's what buying time would be. However, you're going to buy that time, whether it's like a jump on a coaching call or whatnot. And I think that's what so many people don't do. They try and, you know, they, 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 they spend all the money, they invest everything in the first bits and the first bits with property you know is getting those keys putting the money into the into the unit into the apartment into the property or whatever to making it all look nice and they sort of save the the website the marketing the you know the coaching so to speak to the very very end so when it comes to setting aside the most important parts of it when you're doing your research you should really be looking at one of the most important things with service accommodation and is that it's getting heads on beds that's getting people in because at the end of the day you could have the, the most best looking apartment in your area whether it's south end scarborough blackpool wherever you're gonna be but at the end of the day if you haven't got your research done you don't know what type of guests and what type of demographic are coming to the area or you, you know say you, you're you basically get your property in the absolute wrong location then what's the point of it it will just all come to, to, to nothing when you open up the doors you put the properties on all these websites and literally you just hear tumbleweed because nobody's looking to book with you so mm. yeah that's a that's a good one all right so um you've been involved in service accommodation for a while you've you've seen and heard a lot of things being said and, and words that people have said what is some bad advice that you've been seen being given by peers in, in, in your industry? Don't name any names, obviously. <laughs> uh, what is some of like the bad advice that you see being given? People lap it up and what can we basically address here and, uh, you know, and, and, and set straight once and for all? All right. I've got a few, if you don't mind. Um, go for it. Go for it. So I'll start off with the whole, like, 
the full no money down stuff. Don't get me wrong, like you can build the business no money down or low money down, should we call it, right? But it's been sold off quite a lot as a no money down strategy. And the reality of it is, is that you do need capital to start a business. Um, and you should have capital to start a business because you should be using your own capital to get off the ground, get a taste of how it works. Now, the way I see it is if you want to work with investors, amazing, right? definitely work with investors. I encourage you highly, actually. But at least start off the ground yourself, use your own money, test it out, and then scale it with an investor. So I'm not really a big fan of the whole nine money down. It's false expectations um, and kind of sell the dream. So I'm not, that's one thing. Just circling back on that one, what does no money down mean for somebody who hasn't got a clue, i.e. me, what that means? Oh, I really? Okay, interesting. So essentially what no money down means is that um, you, don't, you, know, you, can, you can go out there and get an investor straight away from day one to put all the money in while you go and do the sourcing and the work. The leg work. Oh, I so, so I don't put going. any money in myself. I find somebody with a with a pot of gold, and I go to him saying, "Come and you know, come and work with me." Exactly that, yeah. And like I say, like it's it's sold off. Like it's very easy to do, and you know you can do it. Of course you can do it. But I, I personally, I see it as you should have you should have at least have some skin in the game to get your first unit yourself, yeah. and then you can say, do "You know what? This is how it works. This is how it performs. This is what I do." then go and raise money, then work with investors and you've got evidence, you've got confidence, you've got background, you've got credibility. So, so that, that's, that's my view on it, whether, I, whether people agree or not, I don't know. But This is your platform, this is your podcast, you can, you can, uh, you can save us, this is good. Right, that's number one. What's number two? What sort else do you see that, that, uh, that grinds your gears? Oh, do you know, the biggest one, I guess, is I've heard people saying like, you know, for your first deal again, is that you should never pay a deposit for your first deal and you should never pay rent for the first two months. Now, I've heard that for a couple of people. Um, this is doing a rent to rent strategy, by the way, if you're going to be doing that. But again, it's like it can be done, but typically it'd be done at a higher level. So like if you're an operator that might have 10, 20, 30 apartments and you're looking to solve a big problem for a developer, for an example, and take a whole block on, yeah, you can weave in and negotiate those kind of deals. If you've got no background, experience, like credibility, money, it's going to be very difficult for you to go and speak to an agent and get your first deal by not paying a deposit and getting two months rent free. So it's, it's kind of gets sold to people and then they walk around with this false hope. And I speak to a lot of them that are doing it and I have to kind of like tell them the truth because I'll always tell the truth. Um, and yeah, it's upsetting really to see it. Nice. I like that. That's some really good things. Is there, is there anything else of we, uh, have, you, have you had a good rant? Have I had a good rant? I, I, have, a couple, I have a couple every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. No, uh, there's one more. One more. The whole, on. the whole, let, like, um, let's finish on number three. I like this. Yeah, the whole like passive passive cash flow thing, right? So now look, we've here's the deal, right? So we started off getting stuck in, um, doing it in a lot of the do ourselves. Then we built a team that took a lot of that pressure away from us. Then we had systems, and then we built a bigger team. And now we're in a position where like the team control like 95% of what goes on, right? Yeah. So it could, is it passive still? No, it's not passive. The team still needs to be managed. You've still got to motivate. You've still got to inspire. You've still got to educate. You've still got to communicate. So even at this level with this amount of systemizing and teams, it's not passive. Um, yeah, you can manage it, like I say, but the, the whole passive income thing frustrates me. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because I do see that mentioned a lot and it is going to be a future, a future podcast episode 100%. There's a, a really good Gary V uh, episode that I've seen on, on YouTube recently and I, I watched it and he, he just highlights exactly the, 
the nonsense around those two words, passive income. And I can right. totally see why people buy into it because they think you can make loads of money and you've got to do nothing for it. What people don't see with people like yourselves is the struggle right at the very start when you're literally doing it all yourself. And I think people are, are buying into it, thinking that from day one, as soon as they get the keys or as soon as they get two or three properties, then that's it. Job's done. We've got the money coming in. Like you said, you've got to a point now where you've, you've, you've really nailed down the systemization, the structures. You've got a team that takes care of 95% of your day to day, but still it's not like you can just sit back, switch off and everything's going to be rosy. You still, like you say, you've got people to deal with, you've got teams to motivate and you've got jobs and stuff that needs done. So it's easy to look at where you are now and it's so cliche, but everybody talks about it, but the, you know, from the, all the years from 2016 to 2019, what you've had to do to get there, what you've had to learn, new levels, new devils, all of that. So I'm really glad that you, you mentioned that. Now, there's going to be people that are watching this. There's going to be people who are listening to this later on in, in the podcast who are thinking, I want to get in touch with David Dyack. I like what he's saying. Um, I like what he's talking about. I think you can help my uh, service accommodation business grow or even hospitality business grow because obviously there's, there's a lot of people tuning into here from the from the B&B world from the rental world now if anybody wants to get in touch with you if anybody wants to find out a little bit more about you talking about the coaching programs or even the outsourcing side of things what, what where is the best place for people to go to how can people get in touch with you and, and uh, yeah just just a little plug for your business right now I appreciate that thank you very much um, so my Facebook page is David Dyack SA. So just type my name in, in the Facebook chat um, and you'll see, we can, we can put this in the link to me, Mark, as well. Yeah, yeah, it'll um, be linked up, don't worry. So that's my business page and I, I kind of vlog on there, like I just share like what happens, um, good, bad, the ugly. Um, but yeah, I, I try, I vlog on there quite a bit, open it up for questions, you know, if people want to ask me anything, feel, feel free to jump in and do that. Um, now what, what we did say, Mark, is if, if, for your followers, if they want to, get like a free workshop training from what we're doing on how to um, plan your business, how to analyze it, how to source it and how to set it up. That's our model, the past model. Um, we're going to put something together on just, just for your, for your community. So I've got the link. I don't know if you, I can read it out if you want. Or, Go for it. Read it out. Read it out. Please. It's that, it's that, it's that HTTP colon forward slash forward slash bit dot L Y. Yeah. Forward slash boostly hyphen SA. I like that. I like that a lot. So yeah, so bit.ly uh, forward slash boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y hyphen S-A. And I'll put all the links below and in the show notes and, and all the jazz. And like you say, really appreciate you coming on here today, buddy. I uh, really appreciate everybody that has tuned in uh, and has listened or has watched this. As always, this has been the Boost Hospitality Podcast. We are now on season six, episode six. So if you are listening to this for the first time, You've got a full back catalogue that you can go and uh, listen to, go into iTunes, go into Spotify, you name it, it is all in there. And whilst you're here, go into those iTunes, go and leave that five-star review because it means a lot and I want more and more people to discover this. But for those of you uh, who have tuned in, thank you very much. And I will be back for another podcast episode very, very soon. All right, so if you've just been watching on uh, Facebook, I've just opened 
uh, opened it up here. John, thank you very much. Shari, how are we doing? Everybody that is tuning in on the replay. Adam, good man for tuning in. Um, thank you very much for putting me in touch with David. That was superb. Uh, if you like this, I'll do more. Um, I normally record it. I don't go live, but I thought, why not? Let's let's go live. We've had quite a lot of views have tuned in, so thank you very much. So uh, yeah, leave leave your feedback below. Let me know if you tuned in live. Let me know if you watched it back on on the replay. And if you want me to do this more, then I've got some more episodes coming up next week. If you want to get in touch with David, uh, we'll, we'll we'll link him in. But I'm going to stop the live stream now, and then we'll get this recorded and we'll get this out. So thank you very much. See you later. Uh, stop recording.